Back in the 70s, the mantra for teens was peace and love. In the 80s, the mantra for most teen boys was skate or die. Flash forward 20 years, and what do our youths care about? What's the Wi-Fi password? Thank you for tuning into What's the Wi-Fi Password, a place where we have discussions about topics and issues that are relevant to the teens in our generation and how to point them towards the gospel. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about this podcast, please email Joshua Shively at joshuas at calvary.com. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What's the Wi-Fi Password. Uh, I'm your host today. My name is Tate Dozler. Pastor Joshua and Eric are on vacation this week, and so I am taking over the podcast, so anything can happen now. But I'm really excited about today's episode. I actually have my very best friend of seven going on eight years with me today. Her name is Natalie. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie. Thanks, Tay. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh. We've, We've made it. We've For made it. We're on a podcast. In. Yeah. Now we're on a podcast talking about how to be a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Do you, you have you ever been on a podcast before? No, this is my very first podcast. So oh I hope you guys bear with me. Yeah, so exciting. Well, I'm sure our students are gonna love you. Um actually when Natalie first moved here, she did youth ministry for like a brief moment in time. And I know she has a relationship with some of the high school girls. And so Yep. Um, some of you might know her. She plays on our worship team. But Natalie, why don't you tell everybody where you're from and how we met? And uh, also, maybe like what, okay, what would you do? Who would you want with you? Three people you would want with you in a zombie apocalypse. And also, what weapon you would want in a zombie apocalypse? Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I'm from, well, actually, let's answer those weird questions first. Okay. Uh, zombie apocalypse. I would want you, Tate, because yes. you're a strong leader, <laughs> and you would face come face-to-face with the zombies when I would be afraid. Um, I would want my brother. He's a fireman, and um, I just feel like he would protect me. Yeah. And who else would I want? Maybe Pastor Joshua. I know honestly that's intimidating. That's yeah, that's yeah. I was like I need Joshua for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What was the other question about the zombies? Oh, what would be your weapon of choice? Oh, weapon. Um I want a trident for sure. A trident. Yes, I know. Really random, but I feel like it's long and yeah, I could do some real damage. Yeah. I want I want Thor's hammer. Okay. You and think the power you could pick it up. I would want Thor's hammer and also the power to hold and activate <laughs> Thor's hammer. Okay, now we're going to Which the power would be there because if Joshua was there, he would have long hair like Thor, which would equate to the power behind the hammer. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. So Joshua, if you're listening, you need to start growing your hair out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, since he's done that. <laughs> But uh, I'm from a small town up in Northern California. It's called Susanville. It's a little prison town. 
I was homeschooled, um, raised in a Christian family, went to Bible college. Um, the Lord just grew my personal relationship with him when I was your guys' age in middle school and high school. It was when I was in summer camps uh, during times of worship and just being taught the word of God and making friends with other Christians my age that I just became very passionate about a higher calling in life. Um, so I pursued Bible college and that very first week of Bible college is when I met Tate. Uh, we both signed up for a music class and we had to stand up during the class and say where we were from and what instrument we played. And Tate stood up. And I just thought she looked really cool. I was like, I, I want to be friends with that girl. And she had a cello and cello is my favorite instrument. Even though I play piano and violin, I love the cello. So she stands up with her cello and then she says she's from Reno, which was only an hour from my hometown. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to be friends with this girl. So the rest is history. Tate was uh, very shy, but I approached her in the lunch line and basically said, let's be friends. You're from Reno. I'm from Susanville. I was just like all about it. So <laughs> yeah. I know. I know a lot of people aren't, do not believe that I'm shy, but when I, when I'm in a new environment and when I first getting to know people, I, I'm very shy. I am very awkward and I, it takes, it doesn't take long for me to become myself, but I, I do not make good first impressions usually. So, so that's a fun fact about me, but it's true. Yeah. So, and then we both ended up in Monterey and that in of itself is totally of the Lord and just a testament to him continuing to cultivate our friendship. After we graduated Bible college, I immediately moved up to Monterey and started working at the church. And after that, Natalie immediately started uh, cosmetology school in Sacramento. And so we were quote unquote, long distance friends. And we would talk though, almost every day or every other day on our drives home or you were often going to work. I was usually going home. Mm -hmm. You were going yep. to work after school and we would just catch up and talk. And I would say in that season of like long distance, our friendship really grew and we had a mm -hmm. lot of really honest and good conversations. We were really just figuring out life together, but apart. And um, then after you finished beauty school, I told you to come up here and God totally opened doors for that to happen. And so now we get to be friends and living in the same place again, which is really, mm -hmm. really fun. So that's kind of a history of our friendship, but I thought it would be great to have Natalie come on here and talk about friendship for a couple of reasons. One, I think we just really don't talk about friendship enough and how important it is, but also how hard it can mm -hmm. be, especially yes. Christian relationship and friendship, because unlike the world's relationships, it has another element of the spiritual component, right? So there's something to like the forgiveness aspect of friendship and the servant part of friendship that you just don't find in worldly friendships, right? With with people who don't right. know the Lord. And then um, the other part is that it is just hard because you're both growing spiritually. And so right. there's some growing pains to it. And um, like I've said, me and Natalie have almost been friends for eight years. And so there have definitely been seasons in our friendship where we were growing 
and thriving and blooming and then other parts where we were not growing and we were frustrated and or we were maybe growing but growing apart or growing at different paces and Mm -hmm. that caused tension or something but honestly Natalie has been one of the only friends that I've had not only now but I would say when I started to go to Bible college and make friends those friendships have withstood the test of time unlike Mm -hmm. the friendships I had in middle school and high school Mm -hmm. which makes sense because I wasn't really walking with the Lord in middle school and high school, which is kind of opposite of Natalie, because Natalie, you do have friends still from middle Mm -hmm. school and high school, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think it's definitely possible to maintain those friendships from middle school and high school, especially when you're doing it and with the Lord and you guys are coming to youth group and making friends with one another. But I wanted to kind of talk to and speak into what you might expect from friendships, like correct expectations and just give our own personal story of like some highs that we've had or one high that we've had in our friendship and one low and what God's really taught us in those seasons. And then Mm -hmm. um, the last thing we're going to leave you with is just these three quick um, points of how ways you can have a meaningful friendship. And Mm -hmm. so Natalie, I want to turn it over to you and just ask you from your perspective, what, why do you think friendship is important and why do you think it's important to maintain faithfulness to friends like long-term um continued pursuit of a friendship because I will just say like being completely honest there have been times in our friendship where I wanted to give up but Natalie Mm -hmm. has persevered in pursuing me Mm -hmm. and so why do you why do you persevere in pursuing somebody in a friendship and yeah we'll just start there Yeah, really good. Um, Why is friendship important? I believe, as I've learned, like throughout scripture, God created us for community. And as we've all learned, especially right now, like during quarantine, not being able to be with our friends and our church family as much, it's just elevated how important like friendship really is. And I'm not talking about just the quick hello, goodbyes and you know, just talking about the weather or cultural events, but like deep biblical friendship. And to me, the most important quality that goes with that is just like longevity, like you were saying, Tate, like not giving up. And I think it's important because it's just an example of how Jesus loves us. Like he never gives up on us. He's faithful. Um, He loves us through the hard times and he calls us to be like him. And so therefore in friendship, we should strive to be friends that reflect the love of Jesus. And um, it's the most beautiful, difficult thing ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, my best friends, and I, what you said earlier about how um, I still have friends, I do from like childhood and youth group days, but the common denominator of that is those are the friends that are pursuing the Lord. And like, those are the yeah. friendships that, yeah, we have fun. We go to the movies. We talk about culture. We, you know, do all the silly stuff. But at the end of the day, if that's all that the friendship is, if there's no basis in growing together in Christ and sharing your vulnerabilities and weaknesses with one another and calling each other out out of love, then the friendship really will fizzle out. Like intentionality is uh, huge to keep a friendship going. And that's important, I believe, as a Christian. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's so true. Like it really is Christ that keeps us together (laughs) because Mm -hmm. in and of ourselves, we don't have the patience or the love or the compassion to be good friends. Right. 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 So let's talk about, we'll start low and then we'll go high. So let's talk about the lowest part of our friendship. I think I know when that point was, but I want to hear from you. We didn't talk about this beforehand. So yeah. We'll see if we're in sync, if we really are best friends. <laughs> but, but, um, what would you say is the lo- was the lowest part for you in our friendship? Man, well, yeah, just being super real. I think it was, I, now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> I think it was when you were going through your divorce which equally yeah. for me was the lowest. But um, now that you're through a lot of those rough patches and I'm through a lot of that, I look back and see it as also the most beautiful time. But yes, to mm. answer the question, I think that was the lowest because uh, yeah, Tate was just hitting super hard things that were out of her control. They were out of my control. I didn't know how to fix it. My tendency is to just kind of fix and say the right things. And I felt like anything I tried to do or say just like wasn't enough. And it was leaving me feeling frustrated and bitter. And, you know, Tate was feeling unloved. And so there were definitely quite a few months, I think, a few months, you know, consecutively, three, four or five months, six months, we barely even talked. And if we did, it was just kind of a forced smile. Uh, But that that hurt. I didn't know how to be a friend to you at that time. And yeah, that was a low for me. Yeah, I would definitely say that was our lowest point in friendship too, which is so interesting because we had definitely gone through um, growing pains in our friendship of figuring out communication and just, you know, um, not being jealous of each other's friends or other relationships. That was a lesson for me in the beginning of our friendship um, was not making Natalie like my one and only friend and really... I'm not trying to make Natalie Jesus, right? So Natalie came to me in a time when I rededicated my life to the Lord in Bible college. And so I really had to learn how to not lean solely upon her, but to really trust and lean upon Jesus as my friend Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. But then you're right. um, A couple years ago, I've talked about it on here before, so it shouldn't be a surprise, but maybe you're listening for the first time. I got divorced, um, but that really, the whole process started in 2017 but it didn't really end until 2019. Mm -hmm. So it was a long, grueling, excruciating, painful process. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard on my friendships. And I think Mm -hmm. it was hard because like Natalie said, I didn't know how to properly ask my friends for help or even like, I didn't know what to ask for help in. Mm -hmm. And then I also didn't know how to like communicate my emotions or my feelings Mm -hmm. and I just didn't even have the bandwidth really to be a good friend. I didn't have the capacity to think about anybody other than um, my marriage at the time. And so whether that was right or wrong, that's not really the point. It just was a low point for us. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about like, yeah, Natalie was saying that she felt was feeling bitter. She started to grow tired, I would say, like in her friendship. We were often having the same kind of 
arguments or conversations, like she said, like I just kept saying, you're not being a good friend. And she just kept saying, well, you're not being a good friend. And it was going back and forth, but also both of us trying to understand where each other was coming from and always with the common goal and heart of, okay, but we both know we love each other and we love Jesus. And so mm-hmm. this has to get figured out at some point. But yes. I think the biggest breakthrough point for me was willing, being able to go and recognize like, okay, um, even if Natalie didn't walk through this with me perfectly, um, she's still with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that is when you start looking at friendships, you really need to take a look and see, man, who has the Lord just placed in your life? And stop focusing on the people you don't have and start focusing on the friendships you do have. Mm-hmm. And I think the correct expectation was just to have to know that she was there for me. And so I remember one night I had to drive to her house and just be like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> and I had a major breakthrough and I just said, like, I realized I have neglected our friendship and I'm sorry. I didn't know how to be a good friend, but I think I'm out of it now, or at least out of it in some portion. And so I'm ready. I'm ready to recommit and to dive in and will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. And I think the key part in that whole thing is Natalie was able to say, yes, I forgive you. And we didn't necessarily need to, at different points, we've had to rehash the past, but we definitely move forward after that. Yes. 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 It was almost like it was like the holding us back. And once we called it out for what it is, once we both humbled out and said like, I'm sorry, I'm imperfect. I want to do better. And we both recognized it was both of us. Wasn't just Tate. Wasn't just me. Um, but recognizing we need the Lord's help and we do love each other and let's just stop sitting in this sadness and this, you know, dysfunction and like move forward and like we're committed to each other. Um, and we both learned so much. Uh, yeah, but it was just that, that loyalty that saying Mm -hmm. this sucks, this is hard. I don't know how to love you, but I'm committed to this. I'm not going to give up, you know? Well, and I think we both surrendered our friendship over to the Lord too. Like we yeah, yeah. for one another apart. And we were also both trying to grow with the Lord apart. Right. And so like, right. as we continued to pursue the Lord, like the Lord would bring Natalie to my mind and say like, you need to talk to her. You need to talk to her. You yeah. know, he does yeah. that for us. He, he is about friendship and he's yes. about friendships that are equally yoked and that are godly and are centered upon him. And so when a friendship is good, even in conflict, God is going to work in both of your hearts Mm -hmm. to bring you to that place of unity. Yes. And so we can't do it apart from him. We can't take that place of humility apart from him. And so, right. And, and space is healthy guys. Like I think especially I'll speak into like female friendships, especially it's very easy to get, um, just obsessed with each other, which can become very sweet, but especially being single girls, it's like you have that intimacy with your girlfriend and you just want to talk about everything and share every part of your day and every boy you've liked and every, every little thing. And so when, when things get hard in that friendship, it's hard because you grieve the loss of just that intimacy that you have. 
Um, but that can become a distraction if that's not rooted in Christ. And um, I know for Tate and I, there's been many times in our friendship where we were almost idolizing and turning to each other before we were turning to the Lord. And so I would encourage you what I've learned from my friendship with Tate, even though space and distance is scary and it feels distant in me, I, I am an Enneagram number nine. And so change is very scary for me. Change I tend to equate with loss, which isn't true, but um, it's in those silent seasons. I feel disconnected. I don't feel close, which is hard, but it's in those times the Lord can speak to our hearts. The Lord can do that convicting work. And then it was just really beautiful to just reconcile with Tate and then move forward and watch something new and healthy bloom from that. And then you're so much stronger. Like it made our friendship stronger to be broken and burned down and then rebuilt. It made it stronger than if we had never gone through those hard things at all. Totally. Um, Okay, so then let's talk about the high of our friendship. And I would say we are in a high season now. Dang it, that was my answer. (laughs) Yes, yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, and I think the reason, again, is because we have just really done work with the Lord, honestly, and we're both just a little bit more of a whole person. And what I mean by a whole person is we are, we are in tune with the Lord when it comes to our spiritual health, our physical health, our emotional mm-hmm. health, our mental health, and we both have a strong personal relationship with Him. Yes. And so, um, yeah, it's just been great to have tough conversations. I mean, dang it, even with like all this hard stuff in the world, it could mm-hmm. have been a season where we disagreed or where we yeah. settled on two different camps and well, the comparison game and that sort of thing could have, could have played in during COVID and all the racial tension going on. But I think because of the health in our friendship, we've been able to have tough conversations and maybe even at moments disagree, but a lot of moments even just see, man, oh yeah, that makes so much sense where you're coming from. And yes, I totally understand what God's doing in your life and just take that for what it is and change each other. And not yes. try to force the other person to be on your side, quote unquote, but yes. to just love each other at where we're at and yes. to enjoy where we're at with each other and be present in that. Yes. And that's a really good point. I think a huge thing I've learned in our friendship is love is love means without expectation. So there's so many times we think we love each other and we think we're listening to each other, but it's only because the other person's saying what we want to hear or saying what we agree with. And Tate and I have for sure learned that I can love her even if she has a different perspective than I do. She can love me even if I think differently than she does. And I think that's a godly friendship is being able to love each other through those differences, but equally being able to call, to be able to call those differences out in each other. Like Um, I tend to be a people pleaser. So there are many years of our friendship. uh, Tate would say something that I didn't agree with or even maybe offended me. And I would just hold that deep in my heart. But then bitterness would grow and I would start to get against her in my head. But in my actions, I would act like everything was fine. And that is a very um, like just poisonous place to be in in any relationship. 
Um, and I would say Tate has opposite. She's the opposite of me. Tate will just call it out. Tate, there's nothing hidden. And I really love that about her. Um, Proverbs 27, five and six says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And just that idea, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Like true friendship hurts. Like if it's done in the love of Christ, you have to love someone enough to say, this quality is hurting me and it's hurting you. Like how can we work through it? And there's been plenty of times where Tate and I have just had to wrestle out like with the goal of love, just ways we've hurt each other, but that's healing. It's, um, I tend to be the one that hides love and you know, the power says kisses of an enemy. Like I like to just kiss things away and just keep it hidden and everything's fine. But I would encourage you guys, like, don't let the enemy, um, keep those things. Like if you really love someone, ask the Lord to show you how to openly be honest about how you feel, even if it's scary. So, yeah, that's so good, man. Well, to wrap this all up, I'm just going to leave you guys with the three ways that you can kind of grow a friendship. And I hope this encourages not just the female listeners, not just our girl students, but our guy students too, because Mm -hmm. it's not just a girl thing that friendships are hard. I know that in Mm -hmm. um, my male friendships that they speak to that it's work too. Friendship is work. It's, it's important work. It's something God cares about. And I remember you guys, I just spent years praying for a friend like Jonathan, you know, Jonathan and David, are often the classic example of best friends in the Bible. And I prayed for years for my Jonathan. And I would say Natalie is my Jonathan. And, but I literally was praying for that for probably four or five years. And I weeded through a lot of really weird and awkward friendships, even in youth group. And so Mm -hmm. um, just hold out, don't give up on friendship. And Mm -hmm. so here, here are a couple ways. If you're if you have great friends now, here's how you can continue to be good friends. Or if you're looking to grow and have meaningful friendships, this is a good place to start. So number one is to let go of friendship guilt. So it says friends overlook our broken fences and admire our gardens. You don't have to be perfect to have meaningful friendships. Let's let our friends and ourselves off the guilt hook and start fresh. And so basically that just meaning like, don't be afraid, like, we are saying to be imperfect in front of each other. Like Natalie was saying to be honest and we all are messy people. Mm -hmm. We're all sinful people and Mm -hmm. we cannot um, start a friendship on the basis of like lies or deceitfulness or trying to Mm -hmm. appear perfect in any way. Mm -hmm. And so our imperfections are what connect us. They're what bind us in Christ and they give us some common ground um, with one another. The second one is be the invitation. And this is just like, Natalie is so great at this. I have to work more (laughs) on this one, but don't be afraid to be the one that says we should get together sometime and invite people into your life. Just Mm -hmm. think if Natalie would have never come up to me in the lunchroom awkwardly, but confidently and boldly, we would have never, a lot of our lives would not be what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm sure God would have worked it out anyways, but it just like, we have each other to thank for a lot of the gifts in our lives. Can I say something on that really fast? I know we're almost out of time, but seriously, guys, my friendship with Tate, like 
it's all God's credit. Yeah. I might've said hi and like been the one to invite like an open door to friendship, but like through the years, God's used my friendship with Tate to literally move me to Monterey. Like I, I knew no one in Monterey, California, other than pastor Nate taught a few sermons. Like when we were in Bible college together, I knew nothing about this area. And Tate was able to connect me to a hairstylist who then connected me to my job. And she connected me with Heather at the church who became my roommate. And just like my friendship with Tate connected me to just like the plans God had for me here in Monterey. So also be committed to friendship because you have no idea how God's going to use that person to lead you to the plans that he has for you. And Tate, you've totally been that person for me over and over and over again. Um, I could write a list of like all the ways God's used you in my life to lead me to things that I would have never had that opportunity um, without, without our relationship. So yeah, be that, be that invitation. It starts small, but it leads to huge, huge things. Yeah. Without Natalie, I would have never swam in the ocean. I would never go on any new adventure. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything. I would just stay in my house all day. No. <laughs> she pushes me out of my comfort zone, which is just so yeah. funny because I think people automatically assume that I am just a very confident, natural risk taker, but I really am not. So anyways, <laughs> the last thing is just to name your people. And again, this this we didn't speak a ton into this but it's really hard to have a lot of quantity quality friendships so what we've realized in our wise 25 years of living <laughs> is that it really is about the quality of friendships yes. and it's better to have a couple or a few really quality friendships than it is to have quantity of friendships. And I mean, it's fun in middle school and high school. It's fun to hang out with big groups of people and to have mm-hmm. lots of friends and to just go for it. And, but like I said, the ones you need to really take a look at who is God a place in your life mm-hmm. and how can you grow closer with them? Who do you want to grow closer to? And yeah. how can you intentionally be better friends? Ask them what their love language are, love languages are figure out each other's personality tests. There's so many things. Um, there's so many tools out there now for us to be great friends. But then of course, first and foremost is just be a good friend with the Lord and he will lead you to good quality friendships. Um, yeah. So that's all that I have for you guys. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, I know it's a little bit on the longer side, but um, Natalie, thanks for being on here. It was so fun talking to yeah. you. Yeah, good stuff in there. No, thank you for thank you for inviting me, Tate. Uh, okay. Thanks for being such a a great friend. <laughs> yes. Well, let's close, Natalie. I'm going to ask you to close us out in prayer, and Absolutely. I hope you guys just have a great Thursday. And we will catch you tomorrow with a new episode. So go ahead, Nat. Jesus, we thank you. Your word says you are our friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I just, I thank you for that. Thank you that even the best friendships this side of heaven, like what I have with Tate, it can't even compare to the friendship that you offer Mm -hmm. and that you want to have with us. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would be our friends, that we'd first focus on our friendship with you, Lord, and that you would just lead us to become good friends that serve the people in our lives, Lord. 
Um, show us who those people are. Teach us how to do friendship well. Thank you for the gift that friendship is and that we don't have to do life alone. Um, just teach us how to be better listeners. Teach us to be faithful. Let us have fun, Lord. Um, thank you just for the adventure and the blessing that friendship is. And we love you, Lord. And just be with us this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Bye, guys. Wash your hands. Bye. Calvary Monterey's youth ministries meet on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. at Calvary Monterey. Both middle school and high school students are welcome. Come on out. You belong here. And I promise, we don't bite.